I'm giving Santa Clara a B, USF B minus, San Diego a C. St. Mary's, I'll go ahead and say B, Portland B plus, Pepperdine B minus, Pacific B, LMU A minus, Gonzaga C plus, and BYU D. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the unofficial WCC Hoops podcast. I'm Zach Farmer. We have a lot to get into. We'll we're a month into the season. We'll do some letter grades for each team and kind of go into why I have each of those letter grades. We'll do some previews as well. The first net rankings came out on on Monday, so we'll get into that in a, as well. And but first, we're going to kick it off with just like the three big things I saw from the past week and and how this is all going to kind of play out um, and how these are going to impact, I guess, the rest of conference play and whatnot. So the three big things, and I think the first one is the big boys each have three losses, both Gonzaga and BY, sorry, both Gonzaga and St. Mary's have three losses apiece, but in neither scenario is this the end of the world. Uh, This is the first time Gonzaga has had three losses uh, within the first eight games since 2010. And for St. Mary's, this is three straight losses uh, for the first time in a couple of years. But but for each of them, it's it doesn't feel like the it doesn't feel like that the ceiling is crashing down on them. It doesn't feel like that this is a sign of this is a sign of doom for for March. And for each of them, it's and for each one, it's different. So let's take Gonzaga. Gonzaga has has three losses. They're five and three right now. The three losses are against the current number two, number five, and number six teams in the country. And the most recent one was against Baylor, number six, by one on a neutral on a neutral court, which is a far which is a much better performance than we saw against number two and number five. Number two being Texas and number five being Purdue. We saw what happened in those two games. So this is, to an extent, an actual, this is an improvement from where we saw what Gonzaga against top competition just even a few, a couple weeks ago and a few weeks ago. But that doesn't obviously mean that there wasn't room for improvement. We did see that that Rashir Bolton was a little turnover prone still. Uh, Nolan Hickman didn't, couldn't get on the scoreboard despite having eight assists. There were, there are still things you can point to. Turnover is still being an issue for Gonzaga. There, are, so it's not to say that there's not things to work on. That there's not things that Gonzaga can do that they can't improve on. This is still, this is still more of, of a pointing out that Gonzaga may not be at that top line yet, but that doesn't mean that they they can't be. Clearly, there was there was at least some sort of incremental improvement toward getting better when you lose by 18, 16, and then you lose by one against these teams. That's, that's clearly a sign that you're, that you're starting to make some of the, some of the changes that are necessary. And you think also, again, it's like, it's remembering for both, for both of these teams that it's still only December 6th. It's December 5th. And there's still a long way to go. We're only one month into the season. Gonzaga has plenty of opportunities. Uh, as I record this, they will play Kent State tonight, a good Kent State team. And and then also still have Alabama on the schedule before we get to conference play. So again, 
plenty of opportunity for Gonzaga still. There's this is not a sinking ship by any means. And I've know like I saw a few a few comments even suggesting that Gonzaga should not be a top 25 team, which is still utterly ridiculous. Uh, Before uh, the poll comes out, they still had beaten number 19, number 20 on last week's poll. So clearly like that mid teen range is about right for Gonzaga. Anyone thinking they shouldn't be in the top 25 at all is like, the idea is absurd to me that that doesn't even track. And then for St. Mary's three straight losses and Admittingly, after the loss to losses to Washington and then to New Mexico, I was having a hard time thinking about this offense and how limited at times it seemed it seemed that they were. And to an extent, that's also what we saw in the first half against Houston. Now, again, doing that against Houston, the number one team in the country. Uh, one of the top defenses in the country is understandable, but what I but what we saw on Saturday, what I saw on Saturday out of St. Mary's, was a grit and determination to claw their way back out of their deficit. They trailed by eleven at half. They crawled their way back in. They were within three with a minute left. Ended up losing the game by five. But they found different ways to attack the Houston defense. They found different ways to remain competitive in that game. Aiden Mahaney looked like he started to figure it out. It looked like uh, Logan Johnson, I think, had his best game of the season. And uh, that's the sort of thing. Like, if we can see, if they can see that Logan Johnson on a consistent basis, this team is going to be, is going to be special. They took away Mitchell Saxon, and this is where like the, they need to figure out a way to find the offense without Mitchell Saxon being involved or being a primary component in it. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see where where all that lands. But again, a three-game losing streak in on the surface doesn't sound great, and it's not great. But I think the the, the game against Houston showed more promise of what this team could be and showed at least that there was some level of like improve there was a level of improvement from the both the New Mexico game and and from the Washington game. I also like to point out that three losses by a combined 13 points. So it's not like St. Mary's is getting blown out blown out even in these close games, even in these losses. They are still remaining competitive and just need to make a few tweaks to be able to get over the hump. The next big thing is is LMU. Turn turn around and look at LMU is seven and three now. They won the Jamaica Classic, which again, yes, against like some very low tier major conference opponents. But then they ho- then they had a couple of opportunities this week where they had Col- they were at Colorado State and then they played Nevada. Yes, they they lost they lost at Colorado State by a hefty margin. It was the return of Isaiah Stevens for for Colorado State, and that was a huge lift for them. That that made Colorado State a different team uh, once he came back. But then they rebounded and came back and beat Nevada by 12. LMU is not going to go away. Like L- This LMU team has started to clean up a lot of what was wrong a year ago. This was a team that was last in the conference in turnovers per game. Now they're fourth. Cam Shelton has really started to come into his own. He's averaging 17 a game. 
You still have the likes of Kelly Lau Pepe doing his thing. You have Chance, St- the freshman Chance Stevens is starting to contribute as well. You have this is a very this is a deep deep team now, and they're doing the, some of the little things right. They're shooting better than they were. They're they're taking care of the ball better. They're not still they're not quite rebounding the ball all that well yet um, overall. But this is a team that is going to be. You're going to. They're going to be in the mix again. Like I said, even before the year, like even though I had picked them ninth, I thought there was a very good possibility that they were going to be in the mix with everyone else. And right now they are right now. Like I just, I, I put out my power rankings before um, after all of Sunday's games. And right now it's like, I have LMU LMU sitting at fourth LM, LMU has done enough so far to show that hey they're going to be they're going to be around they're going to be competitive throughout the course of this season so long as they stay healthy i feel like that is lmu's biggest biggest challenge is staying healthy and speaking of teams starting to show promise and i'm going to talk about an individual here is uh san diego's jace townsend this was a guy who transferred in from Denver a year ago and was averaging 20 per game for the pioneers. And we really didn't get to see what he could do as he adjusted to the league. And also because he was battling injuries a year ago. And now that he's, now that he's healthy, he's get, he's getting those reps. He has found his rhythm. He's, he's averaging 16 a game, 55% from the field. He's fourth in the WCC at 51% from three. And he's one of the, one of five Toreros are averaging double figures. Jace Townsend has really kind of stepped up and started to kind of be, be one of the leaders on that San Diego team. One of the few returners on that team. So this is, I think like just showing the promise of what we thought we might see from Townsend a year ago, early yet San Diego still has a few opportunities coming up as well. So, so with Townsend's play, we'll, we'll continue to monitor that, but it's, Good sign. Good signs coming out of San Diego. All right. So now let's get into the grades. So I will. I'll say this: that most of the teams I think have done a pretty adequate job of of where we thought they would be, where they are, and everything else. Some have overperformed, some have underperformed, some have been like yeah, it's about what they are. And if I'm saying they're that's about what they what we thought they would be, that's like C plus B minus for me. So just giving you a little bit of the rubric on how I'm how I'm gonna go down the list. All right. So and we're gonna go in reverse alphabetical order. So I'll start with Santa Clara. And for Santa Clara, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them a B, solid B. Brandy Pajemski has been, I think, more than anyone could have asked for so far in the early part of the season. He's an, he's an absolute A to this point, but they need the rest of them to come along on a consistent basis. And this is, so we need to see more from, not more, but like we need to see some consistency out of Carlos Stewart. We need to see some consistency out of Keyshawn Justice, Parker Brown, like Brandy Pajemski has been has been the leader night in night out. So if the rest of them can come along, this Santa Clara team can still make some noise, and there are opportunities once we hit WCC play. USF, I'm going to give them a B minus right now. 
I, I feel like with the high expectations that they internally had that where we have seen where they are right now is a little a little subpar. And again, I say subpar, they're seven and two still, but you you had an opportunity to get a win at Davidson and it slipped away. And they were and Utah State ran away. Now, this could be more about Utah State than it is anybody else. Because remember, they did the same thing to Santa Clara just a few weeks ago. But for me, USF is is kind of like they're right about where I thought they would be. I don't think that they're they're by any stretch great. I don't think they're by any stretch exceeding expectations. A B minus is about where I would have them. And they have, and again, they also still have opportunities coming up. Uh, they will see UNLV and New Mexico in the next couple of weeks. So opportunities to kind of move to move up and give them give them some some potential NCAA resume wins. They're 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 on the docket, so it's now up to USF to to take advantage. San Diego. I'm giving them a C plus, and and I say C plus because I I'm still unsure what San Diego is. We've seen some ups and downs of San Diego. They they really competed well with Utah State, took them to overtime. That's a good, good Utah State team. But then the other night they they laid an egg against UNLV and got run, and get run off the floor. I I want to see more out of San Diego. I want to see the results out of San Diego. I think like they've the offense is they figured out a pretty a pretty consistent offense. Again, they have five scores who average double figures. Jace Townsend has been there. Eric Williams has had a great year so far. But for San Diego, it's getting the it's getting those wins. And that's the next step for them. I think like they're I think that they're more they're a more dangerous team than a year ago, but now they have to go out and pick up the pick up the wins. St. Mary's. I was going back and forth on this one. I, they're they're a BB minus to me. Again, I think that what we saw them starting six and zero was as expected. I think once they got past North Texas in the Vermont games, this was about what I thought. I anticipated they would actually be eight and zero going into the, the the Houston game, which obviously did not come true. They dropped the one to. Washington, and then they'll drop the one to New Mexico. Now, New Mexico is also, I think, much improved from a year ago, and I think that's that's a very clear sign because I think they're eight and zero at this point. But I think that that St. Mary's is probably right about where I expected. I think before the Houston game, I would have probably had them at B minus, maybe C plus um, overall. But with the with the game against Houston and just how resilient they showed themselves to be it, down in Texas against a team that is un, unquestionably one of the contenders for a national championship, I think they showed that they can play with anybody. And and to me, that's more like I'm I'm raising that up to like closer to the B, a solid B range. Portland, Portland, I'm giving them a B plus. And that's largely because of what we saw in the PK 85. And yes, like the teams that they've all faced have now hit all bumps in the road. Carolina's sliding. Michigan state is sliding. Uh, Villanova is not the team that we once knew, but they showed well, they showed well against these teams. 
And the reason this is not an A is because that they have not necessarily played well against some of the other teams. Now they did lose the Seattle U, but right now, like the new the new net rankings has Seattle U as a as I believe a top 50 team. So we're not going to now read too much into, into the loss to Seattle. But Portland, has, again, Portland has shown the promise. I think that it's just a matter of them con- being consistent. And that's, I think, always the greatest challenge at this stage. Once everyone has expectations, now you got to do it on a night-in, night-out basis. Pepperdine, B-. minus. Again, kind of similar. They've shown some promise, but they've also dropped some games that maybe they shouldn't. Uh, they haven't been consistent enough to get some of these get some of these wins. The UCLA game was a disaster, so we're not going to read too much into that. Like that was kind of like a perfect storm of of UCLA is going to be angry and play angry, and that's exactly what happened. Pepperdine again. Pepperdine has promise. Like Maxwell Lewis has been great so far this season. Houston Millette has been great. We've so it's, for them, it's a matter of bringing the defensive intensity on a regular basis. The offense is there. They're the best shooting team in the WCC right now. So they have to bring the other half along so that they can remain competitive. Pacific. I'm giving them a B and that's based on expectations of what we thought they would be. I think the biggest thing for Pacific is that they now have a clear identity. They now resemble more of that that rough and rugged team that Damon Stoudemire had, and this was a team that was devoid of any sort of identity a year ago. The fact that they now, you can see the style, you can understand what Pacific is going to try to do is a huge improvement, and I think that that's what, that's what, that's what we're going to continue to see into conference play. Again, there's still... They're still a ways off. They're not that good still. But the fact that we now have their identity, I think, is a big step in the right direction. LMU. A minus. This is still a work in progress, but I think LMU has done more to clean up what was wrong a year ago and improve upon where they were a year ago, more than anyone in the conference. They have gone out and gotten some solid wins. They they are playing with much more confidence. They are playing with much more togetherness. They, they're they starting to pick it up. They're starting to pick up some steam. They're seven and three right now. Again, they have opportunities. They play both Grand Canyon and all. And then they also have Utah State this week. Utah State is playing like the WCC gauntlet. Um, and so, and with a couple more opportunities to get good wins, LMU is going to remain in the hunt. Like they're going, they're, they're far improved from a year ago. They're at this stage, like I am confidently willing to say that they're going to finish ahead of BYU in league play. So we'll, but we're going to see how this all shapes out. LMU is playing really well. And so I'm giving them an A minus right now. Gonzaga. C plus. Gonzaga is a C plus right now because while we have seen them get the wins that, that they should get, there there's still a gap between them and where we thought they would be at the beginning of the year. They they the, the guards are behind where we thought they would be. The defense hasn't been great. 
and they're turnover prone. So there's a lot of spaces, a lot of places where Gonzaga can still improve. Uh, and again, we're talking about expectations based on what they are and what we all expected them to be. We expect them to be in the national title conversation. And right now they are not a national title contender, at least not, not with the way they're playing right now. So I, so before, before I am going to improve their grade, I, you got to see improvements from them on the floor. And right now we're not seeing it. Gonzaga to me is a C is a, is a C is a C plus. And that brings me to BYU. They get a D. BYU is before this season by many was given the benefit of the doubt because they are BYU. And even to an extent, I gave them the benefit of the doubt because they are BYU and I picked them fourth in the league. But the way they have played so far this season, the way that they have, the the way this season has gone on with games against, again, they lost to South Dakota just this past week. You lose two out of three in the battle for Atlantis with really three opportunities against teams that are struggling and couldn't, and could only get the one against maybe the most struggling of the bunch in Dayton. Nearly lose to Idaho State. BYU is only four and four against D1 teams, and the total point differential is plus five. BYU has not separated itself to be a a solid, consistent team. They have gone down way too often by double digits in the first half, only to have to come back to try to win games. They're this this BYU team is is really to me is really struggling they are they are struggling to find where the offense is going to come from on a consistent basis which is what we talked about before the year where was that going to come from defensively this team seems fine but offensively it's where where are we getting it some nights it is rudy williams some nights it is Traore. some nights it is gideon george but this team lacks that guy and until they have that guy, which again is not going to be answered this year at any point, I don't think, unless Dallin Hall comes through in a big way in the back half of the season, this is going to be a long season for BYU. And I don't, and this is going to be a rough, rough way to exit the WCC and to enter into the Big 12. All right, so that's that's the wrap up of the grade. So again, review Santa Clara. I'm giving Santa Clara a B, USF B minus, San Diego a C, St. Mary's. I'll go ahead and say B, Portland B plus, Pepperdine B minus, Pacific B, LMU A minus, Gonzaga C plus, and BYU D. All right, and we'll also get into the 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 net rankings. The first net rankings came out just Monday morning. And we have some interest, interesting um, tidbits on that. Obviously, really early. You're not going to read too much into what the net rankings are right now. However, here's how it all is going down. At number 16 is St. Mary's, top, top team in the WCC. At 29 is Gonzaga. Then we have a jumbled bunch, uh, with uh, starting with Portland at 97, LMU 105, USF 106. Pepperdine 108, Santa Clara 117. Then we have our gap. 
And the next is BYU at 190, Pacific 228, and then San Diego at 237. And the initial thoughts of like, this isn't, this isn't terribly surprising. I'm not surprised necessarily to see uh, St. Mary's at 16. I thought Gonzaga's at 29 was maybe a little on the low side, uh, but I'm not again, like very early. It's like, it's like, okay, it's like, it's, it's right in the mix. Uh, no surprise to me that there is a just a bunching right there in the middle, which is kind of what I think many expected to see from a lot of these teams in the WCC. There's a there's a bunch of them who can move up and down, up and down. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Portland, LMU, USF, Pepperdine, Santa Clara. This bunch of teams was the bunch we talked about before the year. And so far, it is kind of playing playing to that. Now, there is one team that was included in that bunch that is no longer in that bunch and that's BYU. BYU as I just as we just talked about of like has not played well, has not played well against poor opponents. They don't get much separation for anybody. And the 190 while like seeing 190 is still shocking to see them that low. And they have opportunities to improve it. But but the way they've been playing, I'm like it doesn't. It while I'm still shocked to see them down there, it's not all that surprising to see them as low as they are. And then Pacific and San Diego, I, I that Pacific's about right. That's about where they are in the Ken Palm right now. San Diego being that low is interesting. But again, like I, I took a look at their schedule before the year, and I and I didn't see a very, a very tough schedule. Uh, they do have some tough opponents. Again, they have Utah State. They had they had UNLV, but they lost both those games. So, and those were both home games. San Diego, I think, still has a ways to go. I think there's a consistency thing there. There's still a figuring out how to win together component to this. So, we'll see how it all goes. Again, very early in the net. Just some very interesting uh, tidbits. That St. Mary's is, has the top spot right now in the conference. Uh, and that BYU is kind of hitting the skids on the eve of them joining the Big 12. And so now as we start to look forward to this week, at, there's a few key matchups to keep an eye on, uh, games that are going to be actually important to the resumes of these teams moving forward. So first off is tonight, uh, Kent State is at Gonzaga that is a very good Kent State team. They pushed Houston, uh, only lost to them at Houston by five. They beat Portland earlier in the year. So a good Kent State team. Keep an eye on that. Uh, LMU, again, as I mentioned, they have two different matchups that are going to be key for them. They are at Grand Canyon on Wednesday, and then on Saturday, they're going to be uh, playing Utah State in, in Las Vegas. Big matchup for for St. Mary's is going to, is going to be in Phoenix on Saturday and they're going to be playing San Diego State. The San Diego State team has been a pretty awful matchup for St. Mary's in the past few years. Uh but this is going to be this is an important one for St. Mary's. Like they obviously like they're riding a three-game losing streak right now. They will play uh, Missouri State on Wednesday before this matchup. But this this is a big this is a big opportunity for St. Mary's again against a top twenty five team against a team that's going to be likely in the NCAA tournament and another grinded out defensive team and they're going to have to find some level of offense. This is a 
This is a San Diego State team that plays a very different style than the Houston team where they rely on their athleticism and speed. This is going to be a punch your face, grind it out sort of game. And we, that's exactly what we saw a year ago with these two for, for Santa Clara, New Mexico state, Santa Clara has had some opportunities against good teams. They got a, got a win against a solid and probably will be better than they are right now. Wyoming team uh, just list last week, Santa Clara, I think just needs to start to find more, the more consistent, uh, play from everybody else. Keyshawn Justice has started to kind of round back into form. Uh, he's had, I think, I believe it's five straight double, double figure games. So he's really starting to pick it up. And we're also starting to see the, some some more consistency out of Carlos Stewart. So that's going that's also exciting for Santa Clara. For and for BYU, the big matchup for them is going to be Creighton on Saturday. This is a Creighton team who also is coming off of a bad. Uh, a bad upset loss against Nebraska. Uh, Creighton is probably going to be a little more focused than they were uh, just a few days ago. Creighton just seems like a bad matchup. They have they have um, Andrew Nembhard's Andrew Nembhard's brother, who's going to be running point for this squad. He has been very good so far this season. And and again, like this, Creighton is a team with size, and BYU does not have a whole lot of size. So you might, we might see a little bit more of Tiki Ali Atiki in this one. Uh, and and for BYU now, again, like if BYU can pick this up, like it it'd be great. They've played competitively with everybody they have faced. Like I'm not gonna like take that away because they have. Like they've been in every single game they've played. But can they get over the hump? Can they find the enough offense to be able to over? to overcome some of these opponents. They 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 fell they fell flat at the end of the San Diego State matchup. The same thing happened against against Butler. So like it's a matter of BYU finding that rhythm early and continuing that throughout the course of the game. And and, and maybe one more matchup just to just to keep an eye on is is going to be Nevada at Pepperdine, and that's on Tuesday. Uh, again, Nevada's coming off a loss against LMU. They're just going up the road to take on Pepperdine. This is a great opportunity for Pepperdine. Pepperdine is uh, looking to get another rebound win. They had a couple of games postponed, and then they did pick up a good win against uh, Northern Arizona just the other night, but now they'll get to play a pretty competitive Mountain West team, so get potentially a good win for Pepperdine there. All right, well, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the unofficial WCC Hoops podcast. We're not going to get a full recap episode next week uh, because I will be out of the country. So we'll be able to kind of, we'll, we'll keep it. Well, there will be an episode next week, but we're, we're going to do something a little bit different with that. Still working on the plans, uh, but there we will, so we won't have a recap next week. We'll have a recap two weeks from now to kind of go over what's happened um, in, in games and where we were every where every conference team is at that point. All right. Again, uh, thanks. Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to be sure to follow on Spotify, YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at post by Zach. And, and again, I'll, there'll be a couple weeks before I'll be back reviewing games, but next week there will still be an episode. So don't worry. Um, and until then, um, I will, I'm Zach Farmer and I will catch you later.